Welcome to another edition of the Litigation Psychology Podcast brought to you by Courtroom Sciences. I'm Dr. Bill Kanaski, a litigation consultant. And I got to tell you, this week uh, was fantastic because I went to the airport and got in the airplane, no mask. It was fantastic to see people's faces once again. My only rant about that is, boy, that took way too long. Man, you got people beating you beating each other up on airplanes over the mask thing, you know, uh, flight attendants getting knocked out. And so that only lasted a day. And then I don't know if you heard uh, Mike Tyson, some dude was messing with Mike Tyson on an airplane. Mike just knocked them out, pummeled them. Rule number one, you don't, you don't mess with Mike Tyson. I mean, that's a, I mean, it's really unbelievable. So uh, very special and return guests today, Mr. Doug Marcella from Blue Wire. Doug, how you doing? Oh, fantastic, Bill. And hey, evidently somebody didn't see the hangover. That's all I can say. Yeah, you know? I mean, you, you can't mess with my, I don't know if you saw the guy's face, but it did not look good afterwards. Really? Wow. No, it was really bad. Um, Doug, it's a pleasure to um, be uh, affiliated with, with, with Blue Wire and the amazing effort that you guys have made in the transportation industry. We have a lot of new listeners lately because we've been speaking, uh, doing a lot of training at the state trucking associations. And we talk about the podcast all the time. Um, can you kind of take us um, through you know, what is Blue Wire? Um, how, where did this idea come from? And kind of the steps that you took to get this really huge, important movement going. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you, everybody, and welcome. Hey, well, what happened is uh, several years ago, you probably remember uh, the ATA, uh, Chris Spears said, we're going to declare war on nuclear verdicts. That motivated Steve Bryan, our CEO, who had started and had Vigilo to say, you know what, there's probably something, there must be something we can do through technology in order to attract the, attack this problem. So he has gotten myself, Bob Boyich, uh, our, uh, Peter Rowe, who is the uh, chief technical officer of Vigilo, and we focus on the problem. It's almost a year now, and we launched last month. The bottom line is this, what we're looking to do is to, we have developed a strategic defense to reptile theory attacks by being proactive, getting at this ahead of time, doing an analysis of the vulnerabilities and somewhat along the lines of a white hat hacker to what a plaintiff attorney would do. We're the good guys. We're saying, if we were them, let's probe for those vulnerabilities, identify them ahead of time, recommend resolution. How can you address those vulnerabilities? In 2015, the uh, Congress passed the ironically named FAST Act uh, that said we need a beyond compliance program. Nothing's happened. We've jumped in and done that. It was originally designed to be a private program. No one's taken up the mantle. We've done that. So we give recognition to your commitment to an investment in safety. Altogether, addressing those vulnerabilities, the beyond compliance that gives you the recognition, creates your true narrative instead of just uh, abdicating it to the story that the plaintiff attorney gins up. Excellent. So what are the, uh, so for the trucking companies uh, out there, what, what, what are the benefits to uh, um, joining Blue Wire? What's going to happen, Bill, is this, is we'll analyze and recommend resolution of vulnerabilities, how to address this. And the advantage is this, is, you know, you face this many times in preparing people for depositions. Hey, the vulnerabilities are out there. We have to do it tactically in the deposition. The sad reality of our industry is we know accidents are going to happen, whether or not they're our fault, suits are going to arise. 
So knowing that, let's get ready now. And so what we are doing is instead of having to say, you know, or address individual topics in a deposition, we've given you a story, we'll provide you the background. You can then go in and say, we've addressed these deficiencies or we're working on it, here's how it happens. Because as you well know, from going through the book, uh, the reptile theory, yep. Bill, uh, it, it requires a systemic failure in order to have a reptile attack. We, yep. we are yep. looking to show how you don't have that reptile or that systemic failure and address that proactively. Make it just a one-off uh, human error type of thing that the reptile theory in the book admits that, that it's not designed for. Yeah. Now I've noticed you've, uh, I've noticed you on LinkedIn, you've been traveling all over the place, uh, talking to, to, to various groups. What's, um, who are you talking to number one? And, and what, what has the response been like? Uh, talking to uh, everybody from uh, the Minnesota Trucking Association, uh, Iowa Trucking Association, shout out to you folks, uh, to uh, uh, insurance captives, ATA groups, and the response has been great. Because I think when people hear reptile theory, they go, you know, geez, I've had uh, 17 years or 14 years of, of presentations on depositions. And, you know, the, the, and many of them uh, have not been fortunate enough to see yours, Bill, uh, which, which is really, you know, the presentation on the depositions. Instead, they've heard other, you know, attorneys talk about it. Yeah. And, and so, you know, to get across to them and kind of see that, hey, there's another approach or a complementary approach to the reptile theory. So what you're doing on a tactical level, we're complementing on a strategic level so that between the two, we can put them together. You know, in 2016, the ATA did a study and found that trucking companies spent $9.5 billion with a B dollars on safety. And despite that, in all the telematics we see in the exhibit halls at the annual seminars, nuclear verdicts continue to go up. Yeah. So yeah. what we're trying to do is to say our project is and our goal is to say, look, let's coordinate that, bring it together in a strategic response proactively. And let's tell the plaintiff attorneys with regard to this trucking company, uh, this isn't the one. You know, go, go find another one yeah. that's not as prepared as this one is. Um, being a deterrent. I, I find is um, is very effective. Can you talk a little bit about the um, the Blue Wire Forum and what you're trying to do as far as because uh, we know that the the plaintiffs bar uh, well coordinated, sophisticated, and communicate constantly with each other. They don't compete with each other very much. How Blue Wire is addressing that to try to to try to increase communication between companies, between defense attorneys, and even insurance companies. Absolutely. And I appreciate that, Bill, because what we have done, if you go and look over the years that, uh, you know, the different, particularly title meetings we go to and people go, oh, we need to share stuff like the plaintiffs do. Uh, the actual report of nuclear verdicts, Steve Bryan always quotes page 41, talks about our need to share information. The first thing we did was set up an online community limited to trucking industry individuals, people in trucking companies, uh, trucking defense attorneys and trucking insurance representatives. That's it, nobody else gets in. And what it's for is a free and active exchange of information, new ideas, different concepts along those lines. Uh, you can go to bluewire.ai, click on get involved, and you'll see where you can apply for it. Uh, Steve Bryan, our CEO, holds the velvet rope. Uh, if he doesn't know you, doesn't recognize your email address, uh, we vet it to see who it is. And, you know, I'm not going to say it's going to absolutely be hermetically sealed, uh, 
uh, but we're making every effort to limit that, to make sure that we can generate this conversation that we need to increase our strategies on our side. So for example, uh, a member could log on, they need an expert or they have some sort of problem or they're dealing with a specific plaintiff attorney, they could log on, post something, and then other people with that knowledge can, can pretty much help them, right? Exactly, Bill. We have that. We have uh, online events limited to, uh, you've got to be a Blue Wire Connect person to do it. Last week, Dan Horvath, you know, does a great presentation on what's the status of regulations and laws currently, did that and provided that for us. We got that done. So all of that together is what we're doing on Blue Wire Connect, trying to, to bridge that entire uh, area of information for them. It's, it's badly, badly needed. Yeah. Um, you know, as I, as I, as I travel, I'm talking to state trucking associations. Um, the one thing I, I, I have learned, which has been a very eye-opening experience is um, there's a lot of s- smaller companies out there, not the JB hunts, you know, not the, not the, not, not the big, the, 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 the big fellas. Um, what can blue wire do for some of the smaller mom and pop, you know, maybe they have under 20 uh, trucks because they come up at, to me afterwards after I talk reptile or talk nuclear verdicts, and they're like, "But we're so small, and we don't, <laughs> we don't have, we're not JB Hunt. You know, what, what should we be doing?" And I don't really have all those answers because, yeah, I, I work with a lot of the big fellows, and now I'm starting to meet some of the smaller uh, companies. How can Blue Wire benefit some of the smaller companies? Uh- a, a number of different ways. So in the smaller companies, you, the resources you have are usually limited in terms of what you can do in the back office, as opposed to the, the to the large building we see of JB Hunter or the other larger companies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, first of all, join the state association, great resource. From the blue wire side, what we can do is indirectly, it, directly with regard to you, uh, do that monitoring that might require a number of people to do. Mm-hmm. By a monthly check-in, we can get the data and look for those vulnerabilities. The other thing, Bill, that we're getting a great response from and these smaller companies coming together where they belong to a captive. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we're finding is it's great for captives because their success depends on the breadth of the membership and their safety program. So by the captive providing this uh, service of blue wire to them, that helps the entire captive across the board on that. So that's worked out very well. That that's excellent. Now, what what has been the uh, response from you know the insurance industry? Now, uh, <clears throat> I've been criticized uh, recently for beating up the insurance industry too much, uh, but they do play a role in this. And I'm not saying all insurance companies are bad. I'm just saying some lack that proactive type of um, of approach, and they're more reactive. And we know that the plaintiffs bar thrives off of proactivity. And again, they, you know, again, they, they want to go up by five touchdowns in the second quarter. And by the time you figure out you're down five touchdowns, it's, it's uh, even though there's still half a game left to play, that's a pretty bad position to be. What, what have some of the larger, uh, just from the industry itself, what, what, what have they been saying in response to this effort? One of the first ones who reached out to us, though, have been insurance companies back when we first floated the idea early on. Uh, and we are, you know, have been in conversations with them, working with them. But where the big response has come uh, has been, uh, like I said, the captives uh, in terms of getting ahead and being proactive to make sure that their membership pool is protected in this, and the brokers, because they look at it as an aspect of, again, providing that proactive protection, identifying 
the uh, vulnerabilities, recognizing the uh, investment, as well as being able to present the story, not just at the time of litigation, but also at the time of renewal for underwriting purposes and things like this, and say, hey, this is all this company does, uh, and this is what they do. The most recent Actry study on insurance costs uh, said, you know, while premiums are going up, people are having to re raise their deductibles. Uh, so what you need to look at is the total cost of risk. You know, what is that you're paying out of pocket in addition to what you're paying on premiums and your investment in safety? That has helped us in terms of being able to provide a means of reducing exposure, concurrently reducing total cost of risk, the less exposure you have. Yeah. Speaking of vulnerability and exposure, particularly vulnerability, um, where do you see some of the most common vulnerabilities? Uh, I, I mean, I... Uh, this comes up a lot in my, in, in my talks, um, you know, company websites really have a lot of vulnerability in the types of language that you're putting on that, particularly the safety language that uh, the, the plaintiff's bar just thrives on. Internal policies and procedures and, and manuals are just, you read some of this stuff and you're like, yeah, who the hell wrote this stuff? Where are some of the, the, the main vulnerabilities that you see for trucking companies that are actually quite fixable? Well, you hit on right there. You know, and, and everybody's focused on the reptile theory. What as might have been more impactful, but less discussed, although it's tangential to the reptile theory, is the rules of the road. Yeah. And where they take, take write your own words and turn around and try to jam yeah. one. Uh, some of the other things and what we're looking at are different vulnerabilities that might not be as uh, apparent or not viewed by the trucking company. For example, uh, with regard to hours of service. You know, it's not just the 11 and 14 hours, but it is, you know, those things that may be indicative of an issue on it, such as personal conveyance time and unassigned time, where, where there might be an issue that the plan of attorneys try to come up. So those are among the things that we're looking at. Now, one of the things we've run into is, and, uh, is that a lot of companies or individuals in company who are involved in risk management or, or in-house counsel are going like, well, yeah, but if we do this analysis, it may be discoverable. Well, the, you know, the, the underlying data is discoverable to start with. Yeah. So the question is, who's going to write the story? Are you going to get ahead of it and write your narrative? Or are you going to hunker down, hope that it's not found, and hope's not a strategy, and, and advocate <laughs> it again to the plaintiff's attorney? You know, I call it the discovery fallacy. You know? yeah. And the fallacy is, well, if we don't do it, nobody will. You pointed out at the ATA litigation seminar last year how the what American College of Trucking Attorneys, the plaintiffs, new plaintiffs yeah. group, is yeah. teaching courses on this. You know, you yeah. go to their website, their 2021 seminar goes through, and there is a number of classes. You know, uh, one of them is called the uh, Trucks, a treasure trove of data, uh, and down <laughs> oh, through that. God. And it's and it, it, you know, so you know, we got to get ahead of this. You know, it, it's going to be found. We need to identify the key points, the key metrics, and then address those ahead of time. Yeah, and another kind of disturbing uh, factor that, and I know it's happening because I've seen it. If you look hard enough, you'll you'll find it. Is you have you have plaintiff law firms paying to have their attorneys go get their own CDLs? Oh yeah, it, it's more I, common than uh, it's more common than defense attorneys. There are very few. I know, I know of a firm, I think, in St. Louis that did it on Moss. Uh, other than that, uh, my law partner and I are some of the few that actually have our CDLs. Yeah. Uh, Plaintiff attorneys aren't losing billable hours to spend time doing it, Bill. 
is part of it. But it, it, for uh, myself, I know that it's been invaluable. I don't have much of a mechanical background that helped me greatly in terms of understanding what, you know, what I needed to do to pass it in order to do a pre-trip inspection, brake pressurization, that type of thing. Plus, it also gave me a greater awareness in terms of the road driving. Well, you know, what issues come up that you don't really think about? You know, particularly yeah. back in the days when we had to uh, had to change gears ourselves. I guess I've had my CDL now uh, about 18 years. Oh, wow. uh, so that was the pre-automatic days. So, and, and kudos to my law partner who never drove a standard shift before she drove an 18-wheeler. So, yes. Yeah, my, my kids don't even know what a stick yeah. shift is or a clutch <laughs> they're like what yeah. what is, what yeah. is that and, um another topic that's come up which has gotten a lot of attention um when we're traveling around speaking to these uh trucking organizations is um the importance of having a crisis management plan or a rapid response plan and shocking shockingly um I was, I was I was shocked that a lot of companies really don't have a sophisticated plan. It's kind of loose. And 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 we at Courtroom Sciences, right. one of my colleagues, Sean Murphy, uh, specializes in this to essentially predict bad things happening. And and what are your what are you going to do? And particularly with Sean, because he does a lot of the media training stuff. What do you say? Who do you talk? Who do you not talk to? Um, can you talk about the importance of having that plan? So when something bad happens, you're hitting the ground running. And because and, I think most people that don't have a plan or most companies, everybody's terrified, right? Everybody's hair is on fire. And a lot of very damaging mistakes can get made early on in a case. Yeah, you know, I use the analogy for an emergency response, accident response. You know, think about it. You're a football coach. You know, your team has the ball on the other team's three-yard line, seconds remaining. You need to score a touchdown to win. That's not the time you're going to start to draw up the play, no. decide who's going to run it, and try to find them on the bench. You know, it's 3 a.m. in the morning. Your call comes in. That's when the accident happens. That's not the time to draw up your accident response plan, decide who's going to respond, and try to find them in the middle of the night. You know, and, and what we're looking at on Blue Wire is even to go further to address the vulnerabilities that are going to go beyond the accident, the systemic things beyond just the accident facts on it. So the combination and what we're looking to do and what we're doing is to develop that narrative so that the time of the accident, you have the narrative to present to be it the media or whomever yeah. on the true story of your company on that. Absolutely. So, yeah, you know, I, you know, I, I use the analogy with regard to the systemic to, again, to, to overuse a football analogy, mm -hmm. you know, if, if you haven't gotten ahead of your data and developed a systemic response to it and show no systemic damage, it's like showing up at the game and go, you know what, we're not going to scout the other team. We're, <laughs> let's line up and see what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, nobody, nobody would ever think of doing that, but yeah. not even this Jacksonville Jaguars since they got rid of urban Meyer. So, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> poor, poor, poor Urban. Um, all right, uh, let, let's 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 wrap this up. Yeah. Um, wh where? Okay, so Blue Wires come a long way. Increasing your membership. I know that's probably the main push right now is right. increasing membership. Where do you see this a year from now? Two years from now? Three years from now? What are the, where? The, what, what's the ultimate goal here? I think what, what we're looking to do is, you know, uh, Bill, for forty years now. Uh, I have been fighting and winning the battles case by case. Uh, we're looking to win the damn war. 
Yeah. And what we want to do is to get this out, get it in place, be it through brokers, insurers, or individual trucking companies, so that they can identify and cure these systemic issues, take that away, suck the air out of that, and an accident's an accident. It's not a misuse of other alleged mm -hmm. systemic failures, and do that and get that out to the industry. Outstanding. Well, t tell the audience again, uh, the website and uh, the, the, that address so they can go uh, check out BlueWire. BlueWire.ai for artificial intelligence. BlueWire.ai. Check out the Get Involved. Go to BlueWire Connect. Send in your uh, application on that. Outstanding. Doug, it's always Perfect. great to have you uh, on the show. And you and I will see each other soon. I see the uh, We Are right behind yes. you. <laughs> Penn State. Um, I unfortunately, uh, on Monday night, watched the uh, introduction special to the uh, Joe Paterno um, documentary. Boy, it just, it's so mind boggling. It just, it's just mind boggling what happened. And uh, uh, it's hard that my whole family went to Penn State. So, um, but uh, hopefully they'll have a, uh, what do they say? What are they saying? Uh, do you guys have the spring football game yet? Tomorrow. Oh, the, wow. whole fam, the whole family's here right now. I got uh, the, the uh, my daughters are coming. My son-in-law's here. The grandkids are here. Blue and white game tomorrow. Uh, so we'll all be out there. Yeah, that, that, that'll be a big deal. Um, as you know, uh, my 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 eighth seed Tar Heels went all the way and got to the championship oh. game and just yeah. couldn't hang on at the end. But boy, you know, beating Duke twice. By yeah. the way, I just want to make this clear, Doug. Co Coach K's <laughs> first loss. Yeah of his career against North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. His last loss at home to North yeah. Carolina and his last loss of his career in the final four, no less. Oh. North Carolina. Yeah. I am, I am beyond, I'm on, I'm not on cloud nine. I'm on cloud 10. Oh. Yeah. Maybe hey, even hey, 11. Yeah. Amazing run at the end. Bill, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I was hoping for good things from him because, you know, I, I, same thing with Carthill basketball. We have, uh, you know, Jeff Lebo here from Carlisle. So we've always been a long yeah. time fan and he's there on the bench, back on the bench and God bless Hubert. I mean, what yeah. a story. I remember story. when he came, I, when he came on the team, you know, everybody knew him as uh, Walter's nephew. I yeah. think it was or cousin and, yeah. and, you know, went the whole way through, played in the league and now he's coaching and just, just an incredible year. Incredible run by everybody there. So. Incredible year. Well, Doug, thank you so much for being on thank the show. You. And to our thank audience, you. thank you again for participating in another edition of the Litigation Psychology Podcast. I am Dr. Bill Kanaski. We'll see you next time.